You may be seated. I feel like this is the first time in many years it's not going to be 90 plus degrees on Independence Day this week. Uh, not that it'll be cool, but we have had a, a cool summer. It's all that global warming out there messing us up. You know, Jesus once said to Nicodemus, the wind blows where it listed. The, the, the wind blows where it wants. You can't tell where it came from and you can't, can't tell where it's going. But how much wiser we are now than Jesus was back then. That's sarcasm if you're uninitiated. Yeah, we think that we can tell everything. We think we can predict everything. And we don't know anything. All power in heaven and earth is in his hands. Amen? Amen. All power in heaven and earth. Isn't that what the word said once he was resurrected and he was ascending? All power is given to me. All power. Amen. So what a privilege to know him and to call upon that kind of power. I'm going to read a passage today from 2 Corinthians to begin with. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And reading verses 3, 4, and 5. I'll be reading today in the King James Version, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and beginning to read in verse number 3. The Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, or we do not war fleshly. We do not war carnally. We do not war with our bodies. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience, and everybody said the obedience, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, today I want to speak to you for a little while on this thought, weapons of warfare. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? Sweet and wonderful Lord, we thank you, God, for your presence that is here. God, I know that you're upon people, and I pray right now that you would help me, that you would anoint me. Lord, what am I without your anointing, without your special touch? And what can this service be unless you're in it? So I pray, God, bring your spirit and your power. Rest upon me and every word spoken. Rest upon our hearts, Lord, that what goes forth would not fall by the wayside. 
but Lord would be something that takes root and something that grows and something that bears fruit I pray in the wonderful name of the Lord amen 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 and everybody said amen The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. What does that word carnal really mean? It's not a word that we uh, use often, but it's an important word. It's an important word for understanding scripture y'all can be seated it's an important word for understanding scripture because there is an ever so important contrast between the spiritual and the carnal when it comes to understanding God amen Old Testament says that no man has seen God at any time, right? No man has seen God at any time, even though Jacob, when he was on his journey, said that he wanted to name a place, you know, after the Lord because I had seen God face to face. But, but God instructs us, no man has really seen him at any time face to face because why? We are carnal beings, we are fleshly beings, and he is a spiritual being. John 4 and 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. That's right. So whatever we got going for us in the flesh... Hear me now. Whatever we've got going for us in the flesh, whatever we've got going for us in our life, whatever successes that we like to hang our hat on, whatever we've got going on that's good, God is not impressed. Oh, I could have I heard an amen for that. I, I, I could have used an amen for that. I said, God is not impressed with you. He's not impressed with the, how pretty you are, how tall you are, how much money you got, how smart you are, how many books you read. Amen. Amen. And I, mean, I like to read. I got on the phone with a customer a couple weeks ago, and she liked to talk my ear off of my head. I mean, you have to be accommodating and, and pleasant and everything. You're, they're your customer and, and all, but... I couldn't get off the phone with this woman. She wanted to give me her entire life story about how smart she was. Yes, literally how many books she's read, how fast she can read, how much smarter she was than all of the, the teachers she's ever had. Not just in college, but all the way back to, to elementary school. Wow. It's amazing. But I tell you what, even if she was as smart as she thought she was, God is not impressed with this flesh. You know what this flesh is? Nothing more than the dust of the earth. For he formed man out of the dust of the earth. 
And he breathed into that mud ball the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Fast forward to the New Testament. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strong, which is a very poetic way Paul is, is saying the weapons of our warfare are spiritual. You know, that is one of many reasons why it is so important to understand the line we draw about being born again. In that same conversation I mentioned earlier between Jesus and Nicodemus, right? The wind blows where it wants and, and you, you can't tell where it's come from and you, you don't know where that wind is going. He goes on to say, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You must be born again, Nicodemus. Well, how can I be born again? Can I enter a second time into my mother's womb? You must be born of water and of spirit. Whether you have known for a long time or this is the first time you're hearing it from a preacher, God wants you to be spiritual. I know that's simplistic, isn't it? God wants you to be spiritual. He wants you to not be baptized only in water. He wants you to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. This is what John the Baptist said, that there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to take his shoes off. I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire not many days hence. This is being a spiritual person, or it's the start of being a spiritual person. And if you are a spiritual person, if you are born again in this way, you ought to see life differently than everybody else does. Yes. You ought to see life differently like everybody else does. Amen? Amen? In other words, when there is conflict and everybody else wants to, you know, throw down with fisticuffs, because the weapons of their warfare are of the flesh and are carnal, you need to realize you're not even fighting the same battle. I wish I had a witness right now. I say the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not carnal. They are mighty through God. They are spiritual weapons. And if we scour the scriptures, we can find things that are certainly carnal, but we find an example of things that are spiritual. Amen? Prayer is spiritual. Oh, you're being simplistic again, preacher, aren't you? Well, won't you hear this simplistic message? Prayer is a weapon for a Christian who's not fighting his neighbor with fists. He is fighting for 
the soul of the neighbor. He is fighting for salvation for himself and for his family. You are not in a warfare against humanity. You are in a warfare against that serpent, that old dragon, the devil. You are in a warfare against Lucifer who is trying to put his claws in you and drag you to a place that's designed only for him. But you don't have to go to hell. Because you have spiritual weapons. You have spiritual weapons. It's awfully hard to walk in the spirit all the time. I started out reading verse 3, for we walk in the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And see, Paul knows this, that every day you get up, you wake up in the flesh. Amen. Now, raise your hand if you woke up today and you wish you could have just gone back to sleep. See, that's the flesh. <laughs> the spirit makes alive. But this weather and, and, and humidity makes me sleep. Amen. And whatever was going on in my mind, and I couldn't go to sleep till after two in the morning. Makes me weak, but, but the spirit makes alive, and it, it, it makes you ready for, for what's coming at you. And you don't have to worry so much about this old flesh. The flesh is going to be the flesh. The flesh is going to do what the flesh does, but we're not concerned about the flesh. We're concerned about the spirit. We're concerned about casting down every imagination, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You cannot do that in the flesh. You cannot do that in the flesh. You know, speaking of cool things in the flesh today, our audio system is being operated remotely. Brother Tyler's not here, but he's watching our service and he's adjusting things. But I imagine some things get lost over the internet. So Tyler, I know you're listening to me. I got a little bit of ring when I get really loud. So I'll help these people out because I, I want to be loud. That's just my nature. That's just my flesh. But the Lord can take something that is carnal. The Lord can take something that is just flesh. And when it's properly submitted, when it's properly in the captivity of obedience to the thoughts and the mindset of God, God can do something with it. When a Christian begins to learn how to pray, he can do something with that. When a Christian learns how to worship, he can do something with that. When the Christian learns how to fast, he can do something with that. Oh, amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. We, um, we have several weapons, don't we? When we learn how to read his word, it becomes a weapon for us. But remember I said, you're not fighting the same battle that everyone else is fighting. You know, as, as you're a young teenager, if you're introduced to the Lord, you might, you might think, oh, 
Hallelujah, I have the Lord on my side now. No one at school will bother me. No one at school will pick on me. Well, just so you know, young person, that is not true. In fact, as you try to share with them the word of God, there's a really good chance they're going to call you Bible thumper. If that's still a thing that people say. It was when I was in school. Ah, he's a Bible thumper. Yeah, what's wrong with that? And if you're not careful, your flesh can rise up in you and be like, oh, I better not share the word of God then. Oh, I know you adults, you can't relate to that. Because you'll try to share the word of God at work, and they'll have a policy. Nope, no converting while you're at work. And your flesh might rise up in you, and you might say, well, I can't lose my job. I mean, I, I can't lose my job, certainly not for God. Is this okay? Are you still with me? I mean, here's, here's Peter, James, and John who, 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 who counted it joy to be beaten for the name of the Lord. But we can't be inconvenienced. It's, it's tough to get to church by 11. It's getting really quiet in here. Is it getting really spiritual or is it getting really fleshly? And it's still quiet in here. Oh, man. Maybe I should have everyone stand and do Father Abraham. Loosen up our joints and our mind. Yeah. You got to understand the fight that you're really in. The fight that you're in is not for more money in the bank. Although I hope God gives you a whole lot more money in the bank. I really do. I said that I think this last Wednesday. I hope he makes all of us millionaires and billionaires. That'd be wonderful. That'd be great. I hope it, that happens. We could bless his kingdom with that. We could bless other people with that. It's still quiet here. But that's not the, the, the warfare we're in. Those, those aren't the weapons that he has given us, right? Now, he said money answers all things in the Scripture, but he said also that the love of money is the root of all evil. And he knows exactly how easy it is for us to fall in love with money, with sustenance, with stuff. Do you understand the battle that you're in? It's not a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle. So, folks, we need to equip ourselves with some spiritual tools. Amen. Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, but Jeroboam caused an ambush to go around behind them. So they were in front of Judah... And the ambush, ambush was behind them. And when Judah looked around, to their surprise, the battle line was at both front and rear. And they cried out to the Lord, and the priests sounded the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. And as the men of Judah shouted, it happened that God struck Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, 
and God delivered them into their hand. Now give me a moment, if, if you would, to, to break this down a little bit. See, it's still fresh, a civil war between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, or Israel and Judah. Rehoboam is king of Judah, Jeroboam king of Israel. Rehoboam dies, and his son Abijah takes the throne. And this is still new. It's less than two decades old. And here they are in conflict and, and, and drawing battle lines against one another. Jeroboam, who has led Israel to sin and made golden calves so that they wouldn't focus on the Lord, their God, so that they wouldn't focus on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, be distracted by all of the gold and all of the glitter. And on the other side is Abijah. Now, Abijah, king of Judah, is not a godly man. You read the account in the books of Kings, it says he became king in the 18th year of Jeroboam. He did not what was right in the sight of God, and he only ruled for three years because of his evil ways. But when he came to that battle, he stood up and he gave a little sermon, and he said, you know, you guys think you're all big and bad, but I'm the son of David, and God made a covenant with David that his posterity would be on the throne. And, and you serve these golden calves, but we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Y'all do all these kind of crazy things, but we have the priests, and we have the Levites. And he's waxing poetic. And while he's talking, Jeroboam says, let's send an ambush around. He's just full of himself. Let's go. Send an ambush around. We'll attack him from both sides. We got him outnumbered. Anyone here ever feel outnumbered? Amen. Amen. We got him outnumbered. We've got his number. And when I tell you, get ready to attack. And Jeroboam sends forth the message, sends forth the, the message to, to attack, and, and now... The battle breaks out, and everyone who was looking at Abijah preaching his little sermon turns around and says, oh, my goodness, they're coming from both sides. But did you catch the really important part here? Judah looked around. To their surprise, the battle line was both front and rear, and they cried out to the Lord. And the priests sounded the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. Well, that, I, am I missing it? I, are, 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 am I, is it just too simple? You see, when they were in trouble in the flesh, they shouted out in the spirit. Yes. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, even when you are in a carnal fight. It's just, it's just too simple today. I, it's, it's just too elementary, too basic. I want to try it one more time. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, even when you are in a carnal 
conflict, even when people are a vexation to you, even when people confront you and and are combative and, and want to take everything from you, and you feel like you have to fight a battle in the flesh, and you feel like you have to defend your family's honor, Hello, Abijah. When you feel like it's upon you to take matters into your hands, uh, would you hear what the men of Judah did? Not what the king did, but what the men of Judah did, what the priests did. They began to shout unto the Lord their God. They began to play trumpets. They began to make all kinds of racket, and it distracted the enemy. It distracted that army to the point that they consumed the other army to the point of, I think, 500,000 men dead. Sound a lot like a, a, a Gideon who with 300 men went into battle against thousands and thousands upon thousands upon thousands. How can I win this day? Well, you got to understand, Gideon, the weapons of your warfare, even, even if you're in the flesh, the weapons are not your flesh. The weapons are spiritual. I'm, a, I'm just going to do a little performance art with you, Gideon. You're going to get some lanterns, and you're going to bust them open through the forest. And those lame brains in the valley are going to think a host that's in the millions has come upon them. And all you're going to do is make a bunch of racket, and they're going to run for the hills. Now, there's more here than what I've pointed out so far. I told you Abijah was not a good king. Abijah was an evil king. He did not follow the ways of David, although he knew the ways of David. He got up and preached about the ways of David, but he did not follow in those footsteps. Do you know God can save evil people when they get spiritual? It's awful quiet in here. I need to turn the heat up or down or something. Awful quiet in here. I said God can save and help and deliver evil people even when they're being evil as long as they understand they have spiritual weapons. God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. It's God's desire to save your neighbor and to save you and to save everyone down the street, even the bozo who won't stop drinking, who creates all kinds of racket all the time. It's God's desire to save him, even in that evilness, if we could introduce him to some spiritual weapons. Because when you cry out to God, it splits the heavens open and it gets God's attention. Yeah, prayer is a weapon, and fasting is a weapon, and reading your Bible is a weapon, but you hear me, your worship, your praise is a weapon in this warfare for your soul. What do you mean, like singing loud and clapping your hands? Yeah, that is exactly what I mean. That is exactly what I read. Abijah had a son. His name was Asa. Asa was a good king. Asa was a righteous man. He looked at the three years of Abijah's reign, and he said, "Uh, I don't think Dad had it right. I'm going to look back towards great-grandpa.
And he had peace for 10 years, as he did right in the eyes of the Lord. And all of a sudden, an army came out of nowhere. Then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men. Chapter 14, 2 Chronicles here. And 300 chariots, and he came to Marishah. So Asa went out against him. And they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephatha and Marishah. And Asa cried out unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. I said, he looked back towards great-grandpa. That'd be David. Do you remember in the book of Solomon when David came out to the field of battle against Goliath? You come to me with sword. And spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord my God. And here's Asa. It is nothing for you to help, whether by many or, 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 or those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. You know what a, a lot of problem is with the conflict that you and I have in life every week? We're trying to figure it out for ourselves. We're trying to solve the problem ourselves. And we don't just say, okay, you know what? Troubles may come. Let them come. I'm not going to try to fix them my way. I'm going to let the Lord fix it his way. Against a million-man army. You know, a million's a big number. Even, even today, I mean, a million doesn't go as far as it used to, but it's still a lot of money. Who among you wouldn't take a million bucks? Amen. Here's a million-man army. And he's had 10 years of peace and isn't, isn't battle-tested, isn't ready for this. Do not let man prevail Against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah. And the Ethiopians fled, and Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown. They could not recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. And they carried away very much spoil. Then they defeated all the cities around Gerar for the Lord, for the fear of the Lord came upon them. And they plundered all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. I don't know, I just want to tell everybody, it's not impossible for God to give you the stuff of your enemy. You weren't looking for a fight, but here a bunch of stuff is coming in upon you. You weren't looking for a conflict, but here everyone is rising up against you. You, you, you weren't looking to create a, in, any, any waves and, and, and rock anyone's boat, but here everyone's coming against you. It's not impossible for God to take that situation and give to you and add to you all that the enemy has. But here is the important difference, that you don't come to the situation with weapons that are carnal. Don't come to the situation with your own mind and your own tongue and your own wisdom and your own ways. Come to it in the name of the Lord our God. Fight the battle.
battles of this life with his spirit. Don't let your flesh rise up in you. Let the Holy Ghost rise up in you. And when you have no answer and you don't know what to do, just sing a song to the Lord. Just praise him a little bit more. Just like the people under Abijah did. I'm in the midst of a battle. I don't know what to do. Might as well sing unto the Lord. And praise his holy name and shout unto God and let him fight the battle and let him win the victory. I said let him win the victory. Or is it so important to you that you win? Is it so important to you that you come away from the conflict saying, I won. I did it. I did it. I was right. I was right. Yeah, you can be right and lose. I said, Asa was a good king. He's a righteous man for most of his life. He got a little older and he got a little cantankerous. He had peace through the vast majority of his time. He had peace for decades. After this conflict with the Ethiopians. In the 36th year of his reign, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and was building in Ramah that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Baasha was trying to annex some territory. So I think Asa's a little asleep. He hadn't had much trouble. Let's just, let's just take this from him. He ain't going to do nothing. Then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Benadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver, I have sent you gold. Come, break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that, we will withdraw, so that he will withdraw from me. So Benadad heeded king Asa, and he sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, they attacked Aijan, Dan, Abel-Maim, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard it, he stopped building in Ramah. That territory that he was trying to annex from Asa, he said, oh, we got problems. What's that mean? That means Asa's plan worked, right? Asa's plan worked. I'm going to send some gold and silver over to Syria Make a little treaty and get Baasha off my back. And it worked. And at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and, the, and, and not a, a huge army with, with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. You spoiled them, a million-man army. You took all their, their stuff. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this, you have done foolishly, Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. 
But God, the plan worked. I'm a good guy. I'm your buddy. I like you. You like me. All I did was give him some gold. You didn't lean on God. Wow. Wow. Not only did Asa fight in wars for the last 10 years of his life, the Bible said he had, was afflicted in his feet. I don't know if he had neuropathy or diabetes or whatever it was going on. He had a lot of trouble and he never prayed. The Bible says he never sought the Lord for help for his infirmity. Look at what can happen to us. We think we get so smart. We think we figure it all out. I've had 36 years of being king. I know how this is done. Oh, am I talking to anyone right now? I've had 36 years and most of it in peace. I'm a good king. I'm a righteous king. I've brought peace and prosperity to the people. I know how to handle this. Everybody just just back up. I know how to handle this. And my plan worked. See, it worked. But you did not rely on God. Hey, Christian, God wants you to be in a position of submission. Yeah, I was awful quiet. Maybe I'll get some converts over here. Christian, God wants you to be in a position of submission. Still very, very quiet. I guess Christians don't really like to hear about submission, do they? He wants you to be submitted to his spirit. He wants you to be submitted to his will. He wants you to be submitted to the people he has placed over you in this life. And it's still too quiet here. We, even when we are old, Asa is no novice. He has almost four decades of being king. He is a a very mature and wise man. And he messed up. I've been around a long time. I know what to do. Do you? Because you might have some weapons, but can I ask you, are they spiritual weapons? And there it goes getting quiet again. Christian, do you know how to pray? Well, sure I do when I want stuff. And there it goes again, getting awful quiet and tight. Hey, Christian, do you know where to find the plan of salvation in the Bible? Well, I feel like I should, should smack that point home with a, with a sledgehammer right now. I didn't ask you if you could quote it. Do you know how to find it in your Bible? There it goes, getting quiet again. God is not interested 
in how smart you are. God is not interested in how much you can evade the enemy. God is not interested in how much you can pretend to be a Christian. God is interested whether or not you are submitted to his will, his plan, his authority, what he has placed over top of you. Can I get a witness in this house today? He has equipped you to defeat the enemy at every hand, but he will not bless you if you are not submitted unto him. I said he will not bless you if you are not submitted unto him. But let a million men surround you and with a shout of praise, you can win the victory. Because it's a weapon. It's a spiritual weapon. Such a shout shakes heaven. It gets his attention. Hey, my people are in trouble. Just kind of like he's told Moses when... He's at the burning bush. I have heard the cry of my people in Egypt by reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows, and I will send you, Moses. Well, who am I? I'm just a stuttering shepherd. I will send you, Moses. But, 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 shut up, Moses. Now, that's paraphrased, but that's kind of what happened. And then he kept going with the but, 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 but. And he's like, okay, fine. I'm going to use your brother Aaron. You're going to go and you're going to tell him what to do. But clearly, clearly you've got some issues. Go unto these people. And how did he defeat this great kingdom called Egypt in the ancient world? How did he defeat him? Well, you know how the old song goes, right? Let my people go. Oh, that, yeah, that's about what he did. He came in to where Pharaoh was and said, let my people go. I mean, what else would, the, what else would Pharaoh say? No, go away. Of course he's going to say that. No. And so he throws down his staff and it turns into a snake. He says, oh, we know that trick. And they turn two staffs into snakes. But, but see, Pharaoh thought he was fighting a, a carnal warfare. He didn't understand the war, did he? That wasn't just any staff. That was the staff of the Lord. And so it consumed the other two serpents. And Moses just picked it on up and said, I'll be back. Come back tomorrow. Let my people go. No, go away. I don't care that you ate the other serpents. Go away. Well, what if we turn some water into blood? What? But he still didn't understand. He wasn't fighting a a, a fleshly thing here. God has sent me. And you're supposed to let the people go. You know, I'm sorry to, if I'm derailing myself a little bit, but I've always found this fascinating. When Moses first came to Pharaoh, he didn't even ask him, let my people go forever. He said, let me take my people to go and worship in the wilderness and we'll come back. That's what he said. No, you don't get any vacation. No, you get no time off. No, no, no. Until it became... Okay, 
flies and frogs and lice and, and disease and cattle and men and, and, and all manner of things. And he said, let my people go. No. All right. This is what you wanted. And here comes the death angel. I think I was just talking about this recently with someone in the church. I can't remember who. That last plague of death, you know, the first nine plagues, God did not bring to where the Israelites lived, the land of Goshen. He did not afflict them with any of these plagues. But the last plague, he said he would not even spare Goshen. This is serious business. This is serious business. I'm trying to get you into the wilderness to show you how to worship. I'm trying to give you some spiritual weapons here. I've called you out from, from among all the other nations, and he will not let you go, but I will not spare you if you do not listen to me. And, of course, they slaughter the lamb, and they mark their doorposts with the blood. It passes over the land, and, and here comes... Moses? No, here comes Pharaoh. Take your people and go. They never fired a shot. They never raised a sword. They never grabbed a spear. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're not made in the flesh, but they are mighty. They are mighty. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's, as our musicians would come. I said the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Would you all stand with me? The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Stand still and watch his salvation. Well, what should I do in the meantime? Oh, maybe just sing a little song. Maybe just have a little church. Maybe just say hallelujah. Maybe just say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I said maybe just hallelujah. say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for these, this breath in my lungs. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for your touch in my life. Thank you, Jesus, uh, that you have called me out of darkness and you have put me in marvelous light uh, and you have given me some weapons to get through. It's not to take anything from anybody. It's for you to be God and for me to be obedient. Would you raise your hands to the Lord right now? We're going to have a song. Lord, help us to understand. Even, hmm. even when we've been doing it wrong, we can raise a hmm. shout. We can shout and worship and pray and you can deliver. And help us to understand just because we've, we've done it good for a long time doesn't mean that we can lean on our own understanding and lean upon our own devices. We still have to trust in the name of of the Lord. We still have to trust in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 H
Come on, Christian, you feel like you're in a conflict, you feel like you're in a battle. Lean upon him. Trust in him. When Asa was afflicted in his feet, he would not seek the Lord, but he only sought the physicians. He only sought the doctors. Will you only listen to the doctor or will you come to the great physician? Will you come to the Lord? He knows your sorrow. He knows your affliction. He knows your infirmity. Won't you try him one more time? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the wonderful name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, does anyone here have a shout among them? Does anyone here have a praise among them? Does anyone here feel a call to submit to, to the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness. Was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the
submission to God to see if we are going to God first and not relying on our own understanding relying on our own weapons relying on ourselves I think this is a perfect time for us to make the commitment to come forward and say Lord you're first Lord your weapons come first Lord your kingdom comes first Lord I'm looking to you first Lord, I'm looking to your warfare first, not mine. Lord, I may be in a problem right now, but your warfare comes first. I may be in this situation that I don't know what's going on, but you have my best interest in your heart, and you know your warfare. I don't. You know what your warfare can do. I don't. But you also know what my warfare can do. And compare them. Lord, your warfare first. Lord, your armies first. Lord, go before me. Can we come to the altar? Bring our submission to him. Say, Lord, you're first. Oh, Jesus.
Oh, Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we feel here today. Lord, I pray that you write this word upon our hearts. Lord, lead us into your submission. Lord Jesus, teach us. Train us, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, that we may see your will. Lord, that we may see your outcome. Lord, that we may look to you first. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, be with us this week. Lord, I pray that you keep your protection over us. Lord Jesus, that you continue your blessings on us. Lord, lead us, Lord, into your righteousness. Lead us into your word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, and amen, and amen. You are, you are dismissed in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.